Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Friday, September the 25th. On today's Kent Online podcast, we hear from the bride who managed to rearrange her big day to avoid new guest restrictions and the mum urging schools not to forget about children with allergies. But first today, the boss of HS1 is calling on the government to give financial support to Eurostar, which isn't stopping in Kent right now and has been hit hard by the coronavirus crisis. We've previously told you that trains to the continent aren't expected Expected to call at Ebbsfleet or Ashford until at least 2022. Well, the chief exec of the high-speed line that carries the services says Eurostar needs help to bounce back and protect 3,500 jobs in the county. Kieran Duggan is our local democracy reporter. You've been speaking to Diane Crowther. Kieran, what has she had to say? Well, Nicola, HS1's chief executive has called for a tripartite agreement to be reached between the government, her company and Eurostar. Diane has said there need to be some real and sustainable solutions for the long term and not just something over the next six months. This comes swiftly off the back of Chancellor Rishi Sunak announcing a series of emergency measures to protect thousands of jobs and businesses across the UK. Eurostar is seen as vital for reviving Kent's tourism economy and is valued at around £340 million, whilst its value for the UK's whole tourism economy is around £2 billion. And of course, it has 3,500 people working here in Kent. But customer demand has dropped significantly because of coronavirus, with Diane saying that Eurostar has seen passenger numbers fall off a cliff almost overnight. HS1 would be expected to hold up to 17,000 slots a year for Eurostar, but that number is anticipated to sharply drop to around 2,500 over a 12-month period. And Eurostar is hugely important for the Kent economy, isn't it? And several MPs want some answers too. Absolutely, Nicola. The role of this international high-speed rail service is crucial to the Kent economy. That's the message that we're hearing from HS1, from Eurostar, councillors and now MPs. Three Kent MPs have secured an important meeting with Transport Secretary Grant Shapps to discuss measures to protect Eurostar's future in the county. And this comes off the back of a private briefing that was held between HS1 CEO alongside Dartford MP Gareth Johnson, Ashford MP Damian Green and North Thanet MP Sir Roger Gale. And after the meeting, Mr Green said the government must wake up to the perilous state of Eurostar and the devastating impact this suspension is having on businesses and families in the Kent region. While his Conservative counterpart, Mr Gale, added a reduction in Eurostar services will mean a proportionate rise in the costs borne by domestic users of HS1 between Thanet and London. The Department for Transport has been approached for comment but have yet to provide an official statement. Thanks ever so much, Kieran. Elsewhere today, a person's been cut free by firefighters after a serious crash which closed part of the M25 in Kent. It happened on the anti-clockwise stretch between junctions 5 for Sevenoaks and 4 for Orpington. A crane collided with a road-sweeping vehicle just after 5 this morning.
A Chatham man's finally been jailed more than four years after admitting carrying out a sex attack on a young girl. Lee Cole from Boundary Road phoned police and confessed to the attack in July 2016, but was only told last November he was being charged. The 45-year-old has been locked up for four and a half years. The judge said the delay in charging him was wholly unsatisfactory. A Thanet man's been arrested after two people were stabbed at a caravan park near Whitstable. The men in their 20s and 30s were treated in a London hospital after being injured at the Alberta Holiday Park in Seasalter last Saturday. Kent Online News. A Kent bride has revealed how she's managed to rearrange her wedding in just a few days to avoid having even fewer guests. Lauren Baker was originally going to tie the knot in May, then postponed to December, but is saying her vows today. Her and partner Oliver will be able to have 30 guests. From Monday, other couples will only be allowed 15. She says it's been a crazy few months. We got engaged in 2017, so we had a really long engagement and we had been planning for our dream wedding, which was in May. And then we changed that all to a Christmas wedding, which is completely different. And then now we're turning it around again for an autumn wedding. So it looks nothing like we originally planned, but it's going to be amazing. When we uh, postponed the first, uh, in May we was in a complete lockdown so it wasn't even the numbers that were an issue, we were just in lockdown at the time I think you could only have like three people at your wedding so that was obviously, we weren't going to do that um, so we decided to go with December in the hopes that um, we would be able to have more or less our normal numbers, we thought we didn't know the pandemic would be going on this long so yeah but we come to terms with the fact that we were going to have 30 guests. We had that all planned. Um, I just couldn't do 15. It would mean that I'd have to tell my parents' partners that they couldn't come. And it'd be really harsh. Boris has said this has gone on for at least six months, potentially. So that brings us to March. And then there's going to be no availability for weddings next year. It's pretty much fully booked as it is. All them people from the beginning of the year will probably re re arrange their wedding for next year so it's like how far in advance do we keep rearranging in the hopes that it will be the full numbers and I really can't see it being full numbers in summer next year so it just I can't it's I can't continue to repeat the same process it just needs we just need to move on with it um which I get it's gonna be heartbreaking for so many brides and I've had so many people message me and I don't know what they're gonna do if they're gonna postpone but I literally saw that the fact that it didn't come into play until Monday and I thought, well, there's an opportunity here. Let me see if I can make it work. Eleven students at the University of Kent are self-isolating after two of them tested positive for COVID-19. They're both in accommodation on the Canterbury campus where thousands of young people have arrived recently for the start of the new term. Meantime, Morrison's has become the first supermarket to reintroduce a three-item limit on certain products in a bid to tackle panic buying. It means people won't be able to stock up on things like toilet rolls and disinfectants. We saw pictures of some supermarket shelves empty of products after the Prime Minister announced new measures to try and tackle an increase in COVID cases. A Kent mums urging teachers to make sure they don't overlook children's allergies amid the pandemic. 
Paula Marshall's son Robert goes to Skinner's school in Tunbridge Wells and is allergic to nuts and sesame. Well, she's supporting the Check It, Don't Chance It campaign, with charities calling for more awareness of what pupils threatened by food allergies face. Over a year, there are um, new members of staff within the school, new members of staff within the canteen. Luckily, Robert's Canteen is a nut-free environment, which gives us a a good level of um, confidence in in the foods he's eating. But um, there are new people joining the canteen, and with the new pandemic now, a new uh, uh, um, question mark or a new equation then does that mean that people forget about allergies and are more worried about one-way systems uh, in the canteen than than perhaps life-threatening conditions that can be arisen by the fact that somebody's introduced a nut in, in a meal somewhere. So, yeah, absolutely, there are there is a, a concern there that nothing is um, is gone by the by and the allergies are still there in, in paramount uh, position rather than being in the background now because everything else that's going on. It would be really useful if um, if children in the school recognised allergy reactions, uh, not just anaphylactic, but just allergy reactions. Ignorance can only lead to mistakes happening and, and things not diagnosed. Um, therefore, if pupils were educated about allergies and what kind of reactions could spark from an allergy, then uh, everybody could get into action a lot faster uh, and therefore then uh, things that could be life-threatening could be prevented or stopped at an earlier stage. A school in Herne has banned a teenager from dyeing her hair purple in memory of her father. Freya Peachy wanted to raise money for the Pancreatic Cancer UK charity after her dad Mike died from the disease last November. Teachers at Herne Bay High say the 17-year-old would be breaking the sixth form code of conduct. She's launched a petition to try and change their mind. Now, this is causing some debate today. How is Halloween going to work this year? Will children be able to trick-or-treat? There's no official guidance just yet, but some of you are saying trick-or-treating should go ahead as normal. Others say it should be banned this year. And a few reckon it's just an American tradition and have questioned why we're doing it all together, where you can get involved by leaving a comment on Kent Online or on our Facebook page. A plaque's been unveiled at Chatham Railway Station in honour of a worker who campaigned to overturn a racist recruitment policy back in the 60s. Asquith Xavier, who lived in the Medway town, became the first black train guard at Euston Station after initially being told he couldn't work in a customer-facing role because of the colour of his skin. His daughter, Camelia, says it's important we learn about how he changed history. It's such a significant honour that they would put such a big plaque up but also detailing exactly what my granddad achieved in the fight for racial equality and it's right up there in black and gold for everyone to read. And 45 years after a terror attack in Kent, the landlord of the pub where it happened has recalled the day. A 19-year-old soldier discovered an IRA bomb outside the Heron Hounds in Maidstone on September the 25th, 1975. In our special report at Kent Online, you can read how their quick thinking saved dozens of lives. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham welcome Blackpool to Priestfield this weekend, hoping to make it back-to-back wins in the league. The Jills beat Wigan last time out, but suffered a defeat to Stoke City in the Carabao Cup midweek. Gillingham manager Steve Evans spoke to us after that game and says tomorrow's opposition will be tough. 
I look at, you know, Hamilton, I look at CJ as a kid I found in the reserves when I went to Mansfield. He's, he's a really good player. Jerry Yates, I gave his debut to at Rotherham. He's a, he's a top young striker. So I look at the money they've invested, the money they've spent. And Saturday's a real tough challenge for us, but, you know, when puts us in the playoffs. Of course, you'll know by now it'll be played behind closed doors, but you can follow Kent Online Jules on Twitter for all the action when they kick off at three. That's it for today, but you can also now subscribe to the IM News app. That's to access all KM Group newspapers. Head to ilifmediasubs.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.